Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Hashtag Brownish. This is part two of my mental health series, and if you haven't checked out part one, I highly recommend you do. Otherwise, you'll be a little behind on the story for this episode, but that's completely fine. You can do whatever you want. I do recommend that you check out the first episode just so that you're up to speed with everything going on. So anyways, without further ado, without further blabbering, without further... Um, me talking. I'm going to get right into it. So here we go. So in the last episode that I did, I ended on the fact that I had just gotten into a relationship in my senior year of high school with someone that I was, I I don't know if it was love because I don't think I've experienced love as of right now. Like I don't think I have in my relationships face love. I think it was more like I was dependent on people to make me feel a certain way because I was running away from so many things internally that I don't think I could categorize whatever we had as love. But that's a whole different topic for a whole different day. But anyways, I ended on one of my journal entries on December the 3rd. And for this For this episode, I'm going to start on a journal entry that I wrote on January 19th, 2018. So I wrote, Dear Diary, so much has happened, like so much. I've been meaning to write, I just haven't had the energy to write. Something that is very close to my heart happened. Me and um, the person that I was dating at the moment were really close to doing it. I lost complete control and I wanted him so bad and like at that moment when he was on top of me I realized this is honestly so close. Like I loved being in that moment yet it brought back many scary flashbacks. And in my previous episode I mentioned that I was sexually assaulted my um, my junior year, the ending of my junior year in high school and this was January 19th, 2018. So this is... Um, a little bit, I guess, well, however many months after that, right? And because the sexual assault happened in May, so a little before the one year, one year, I guess, I don't want to call it an anniversary, but like one year since the, um, since the assault. And me and this person, like I said, the person that I was dating at the time, we were really, really close. We were really good friends. We knew each other's, um, we knew each other's friend circles and like we were just really close and we had known each other for a and so because like we knew each other for a long time we were really really close and when I read this journal entry like at the time I I was still in denial over what had happened in my life and when I read this back and the very last line is yet it brought back many scary flashbacks and I know those exact flashbacks that it brought back and I wasn't able to, you know, have sex with him. I wasn't able to lose my virginity to him because those things were haunting me internally that I really didn't, like, understand. But yet I was, like, writing about it, you know? And, like, looking back at it now after I received therapy, I can see exactly where the denial is. I can see exactly how I presented it and all the actions that I took after that event. And so I just really wanted to read this journal entry because... It was a part of denial that I was really, like, I wasn't aware of that I had written that, you know? And so, anyways, so the story goes on, and me and this person, you know, we're, we're doing great. Like, everything's going great and everything, and, you know, I'm applied to colleges and stuff, and I've heard back from a couple of colleges, and I've got in, but um, 
I didn't get into this one college that I really wanted to get into and it was kind of bothering me that I didn't get into this college because I had put my hopes, I had put a lot of time and effort into writing that essay and doing all the steps necessary to get into this college and I didn't get into this specific college. I know like getting into a certain college like doesn't define you, like it's so much easier to get into like top-notch colleges as a transfer student than it is to get into one right out of high school which I understand that but at the time I had all these things piling up on me that like this was just another setback that I had to make myself worth go down even further than it already was right and at this point I was also applying to a bunch of scholarships I was applying to a lot of scholarships and I was really really active in high school I had the most most uh cords around my neck during my graduation and I did a lot of things in high school I did student government I did honor society I did band I did I did all kinds of things right just to because I I always wanted to like run away from something and so I was always keeping myself busy and trying to you know make the best of what I had at this point in my life like once the rejection from the college came right I started to get further into this like depression cycle right and then on top of that when I started to notice that I wasn't getting certain scholarships and it just really started to bother me even more than I was already bothered about this whole me not getting into the specific college that I wanted to get into and so you know things on top of things were building up and one of the reasons uh, what I heard from one of my guidance counselors is the reasons why I the reasons why I wasn't getting these scholarships was a because I was he as he described it I was not um, I didn't fit the expectation of the person of of the person that was supposed to be the recipient of scholarships like I didn't feel that ideal a because I was Indian and b because I didn't follow Christianity and my background and where I'm from I'm from a really small town and so being from a small town that means that there wasn't a lot of diversity here and my counselor he straight up told me that it was it was definitely because of the fact that I was Indian and I wasn't because I wasn't Indian and I wasn't following Christianity because a lot of my scholarship the ones that were local a lot of the scholarships had um areas where you would write out um, your religion, your like your faith, and which I thought was really bizarre that I had to write on my faith for a scholarship and it wasn't based off of my merit. But whatever the case is, like I, I can't say that definitely that the reason why I didn't get those scholarships was because of the fact that I was Indian and the fact that like I didn't follow Christianity. But I do know that regardless of if we like to believe it or not, those factors play a role in decisions and those factors are sometimes the reason why you don't get something and that is just how I've come to see like over my you know over my experience and over my years I've seen that sometimes it's solely based off of those things and sometimes it's not sometimes it's more fair and it's based off of merit but then again life isn't fair so what can you really do at the end of the day so anyways I wasn't getting these scholarships right and so it's really started like one by one I wasn't getting these scholarships and you know it just keeps on adding to this big pot of boiling 
um, mess that I already had going. So, like, from ninth grade year, 10th grade year, it's, like, building up at this point. Like, the fact that I didn't, you know, I had to quit marching band. I didn't get into this college. I wasn't getting these scholarships. Um, I was in a relationship, like, outside of my own, um, my own ethnicity. And I was hiding it from my parents. And I had just got assaulted as well. And all of these things are just piling on top of each other. And, you know, they say, like, when things are boiling, or when things are, like, piling on top, and they're just slowly simmering away, it is bound to blow over, and it is bound to explode. And I was already having, like, at this point, like, in January of 2018, I was already having these, like, crying episodes, like, these random urges to cry. And at the time, like, this boyfriend of mine, he was super understanding, and he didn't know much about the fact that, like, I was assaulted, and, like, he knew, like, little bits and little bits of information here and there, and so he was very, like, you know, cautious about me and, um, just being sexual with me, just because of the fact that I had dealt with that, and I was still uncertain about some things, even though I didn't realize that I had been assaulted, right, and so, you know, so this was going on, and I would have, like, certain, like, crying episodes out of, out of the blue, right, and I already knew that I was, like, labeled as sensitive and emotional, so I, you know, I just took it on upon myself to figure out the fact that, like, I wasn't getting into this college, and that and that is why I was feeling this way, and I would have crying episodes at night, and I would have crying episodes, you know, sometimes during the day, and I would tell my boyfriend at the time to, you know, like, this is, I I just don't feel good, like, I don't know what it is, and, you know, he would be buy me, like, you know, 10-piece McNuggets from McDonald's and a sweet tea, and we would be out in, um, and there was, like, this, like, garden, like, park thing, and, like, we would go there, and, you know, he would take me on drives and stuff and, like, jam to music, and for the longest time, like, I was super confused as to why I was having these episodes, right, but he never made me feel like I was wrong for having them, like, he understood, and he was a genuine person, and I am very grateful that during our time together, he was genuine to me, rather than the fact of, like, whatever happened after we broke up, but that's beside, that's a whole other story, but he was genuine to me in that moment, and till this day, I appreciate the fact, because I was so clueless of myself, that it helped to have someone who would just buy me chicken nuggets and, you know, say cute things to me and make me feel better. So, anyways, this is going on, and one of the journal entries that I wrote, and this was, so the last journal entry before this one was on February 18th, so this journal entry is probably in either February or, like, early March. So I wrote, Sometimes have I, I have these urges to cry out of nowhere. Whether they are true or false, I do not know. But rather, I would say they put me in a weird little funk. I, can, I get confused, like at times, so many questions I have for myself, yet I struggle to answer any of them, or basically none. And so I wrote that, and then I this this entry right here, I specifically remember it was I was in my room one day, and... I was crying for no reason. I was having the worst panic attack, anxiety attack. And at this time, like, I like I knew what like, anxiety was and, like, what panic attacks were and stuff. But, again, I didn't know what the trigger was. And I was having this really bad, really, really bad episode. And I just wrote. I was trying to write. I was in complete darkness. I remember I called my boyfriend at the time right after I wrote this. 
and I wrote, If you would have told me two years ago I would be here, I would laugh. I am blessed to say the least. Everything is perfect, yet I want to sit and cry. And then, right after I wrote this, I did a little section here where I wrote down words that came into my head as I was thinking them, like exact thoughts that I was thinking, I just wrote them down. And this part really does make me emotional because um, I remember writing these and I remember crying hysterically while I was writing this and the, the handwriting is really, really bad. But the things that I wrote were rape, med, my boyfriend's name at the time, love, sex, 23, question marks, question mark, mistake, parents, career, marriage, Indian, hope, love, call, and thoughts. And I wrote those words and I, looking back at them now, like I know why I wrote them, but at the time I didn't understand. I, and the fact that like rape was my first word was really, looking at it now is very confusing. It's very confusing yet clear at the same time that that's the first word that came to my head. And the love and the sex also make sense. And the mistake also makes sense because I blamed a lot of the sexual assault on myself. And the fact that parents come, the words, the word parents comes right after mistake shows me that I was so worried that I had made a mistake and lowered myself in my parents' eyes. On the very next page after this, um, and this is, it gets even sloppier, I wrote, I am not okay. I don't feel good. Okay. I don't know. There is a pain in my heart, and I don't even, like, spell out the word heart. And I, on top of that, I write, am I crazy? Maybe I am maybe maybe I'm scared I'm nervous am I depressed question mark I need help and even the word help I didn't I didn't write out fully and it's crazy to see that I questioned myself if I was depressed and like again like I didn't have this I had this thought in my head that I couldn't get depression I was I was too young to have depression and I stuck with that belief until someone had to show me the mirror and say that I was depressed. Like, someone had to show me that I was depressed for me to believe that I was depressed and get help. On the very next page, I wrote, and I, this is probably, I, I know that this is, like, I think either a couple of days later or, like, a week later. I'm not really sure of the timeline because I, once my depression started getting worse, like, I stopped dating stuff. Um, a date here and there, like, what the dates were, but some of them I just wrote from my heart, and I didn't date them. So, this one reads, um, this entry reads, Lately, I haven't been feeling okay. For some reason, nothing makes sense. My parents, they don't understand. My anxiety is getting worse and worse. I keep getting compared to everyone. I don't know why. I can't anymore. I try so hard to be somebody special. So hard. I put my all into people, but still I get treated as if I am nothing. I don't know why. Nothing is reasonable anymore. Who am I? Why? No one loves me. I am all alone, like always. Hopefully I'll get out of, out of this funk soon. I really hope so. May God bless me. May I love. May I have peace within myself. May I become someone special.
all this time, I just wanted to feel appreciated and special because I had lost that part of me. I had lost that part of me when I, when I got assaulted, and I just really wanted to feel special and feel like I had a place on this earth, and all these things that were building up really put myself worth at absolute bottom, like absolute bottom. And then after this, after I wrote this, um, my boyfriend, he like, he wanted to break up with me, right? Well, I know why he wanted to break up with me. He wanted to break up with me in April. You know, he was going off to college and I was going off to college that he didn't think it was going to work out. So he wanted to go ahead and end it before it got way too serious, right? At this time, I really, I started to go to my guidance counselor. And my guidance counselor, like I mentioned before, he was there to schedule my appointments, not my appointments, my classes and stuff. But this guidance counselor specifically was someone who actually listened to you. And I would go into his office and, you know, talk to him, not about, really like about my problems, but he would ask me about stuff here and there. Um, Cause everyone knew in my school that like me and this person were dating or whatever. And like this per the person that I was dating, his guidance counselor was also my guidance counselor. So they, we like, we just had like a, some, like we just all knew each other. Right. And he would ask me about him and like vice versa. So yeah. So I started going to this guidance counselor a lot just to get more perspective on what I should do. Right. And this guidance counselor really helped me a lot. I went to his office and I told him that I just wasn't feeling good and every day I was crying and every day I was struggling to wake up like I was struggling to just live and I I was really upset and I will never forget that this kindness counselor really looked out for me and he told me he said if you don't go home today and call the doctor, I will call your parents and tell them to call the doctor for you because what you're telling me and what I'm seeing is that you're not okay and you need help. And that was the hardest day in my life to accept. Like, that's the hardest truth I had to accept that I was not okay. And he literally threatened me that he was going to call my parents if I didn't call them myself. And I was too scared to bring up this whole thing to my parents. So, you know, I got into my car and I sat there and I cried. And I told myself that regardless of the fact that I didn't want to accept it, if someone else was telling me, and my friends were also telling me at this point that I wasn't the same anymore. I I just, I was getting into this habit of just always crying. And I was getting into this habit of making like impulsive decisions. And I was drinking as well. And I called the doctor and I made the appointment. And I was so scared. In my head, I... I just, I hoped it wouldn't be depression. I just hoped and prayed it wouldn't be depression. And, you know, I went home that day and everything was fine. I stayed in my bed all day that day. 
because I was too upset to acknowledge that this was what was happening. And my, you know, like your senior year, like this is the ending of my senior year. I'm supposed to have fun. I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to make those memories and, you know, be my true authentic self. And at the time, I was thinking about going to the doctor and hoping not to be diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I guess the other thing that really bothered me about going to the doctor or trying to get help from somewhere was the fact that I would have to have this conversation with my parents. And, you know, if you've been growing up Indian, if you if you grew up Indian like me, or, you know, you're part of the South Asian community, like, mental health is just not talked about. And I had a bigger fear in my head that I would have to come clean to my parents more so than myself and what I was going through. Like, that fear was so big that my guidance counselor could see it and he was the one who was threatening me because I didn't want my parents to have to know about this before I did, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why I stayed in denial that I had depression, right? I just kept it inside of me and I acted like I was fine. And also because of the fact that, like, in the Indian community and I think the South Asian community as a whole, there's a lot of emphasis that women just suffer in silence or women can endure so much and women can go through so much but still be a devi and still like you know like still be able to function properly and everything and I guess what I'm trying to say is that women are just looked as looked as if nothing can bother them and they will continue to just support their family and support whatever they're doing and support everyone around them but themselves right and I feel like I've always seen my mom be so strong and have thick skin that me as her daughter who was crumbling away from what I thought was invalid reasons or I thought my feelings weren't justified from that you know aspect or thinking about it in that sense that I failed my parents I made all these mistakes I I had a relationship outside of their knowing and I you know I was assaulted I almost had sex I was drinking I was lying I was up at night crying and screaming and all of these things like I blamed myself for and I blamed that I was not good enough for my parents and the idea of coming to them with the fact that I had depression was too big of a fear and this doctor's visit that I you know I scheduled I went to the doctor's office and I was telling her all of the stuff and I broke down and she very calmly held my hands and said that I had depression and she at that moment diagnosed me with depression and recommended that not recommended prescribed me medicine or antidepressants and told me to get connected with a mental health um center 
And I remember coming home that day, I was crying. I was so many times on that drive home, I wanted to just swerve off the road. I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't even want to think about the fact that I had depression. And I came home, and my mom was like, what happened? And I was like, nothing. And she was like, no, something happened. And my dad was like, what happened? And I was like, nothing happened, right? He was like, no, something has to happen. And then again, they were like, what is, like, physically wrong with you? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, because I told them I was going for a routine routine checkup. And, but they saw my state that I was crying and, you know, all this. They saw my face. They were like, what happened? And I told them nothing had happened. They were like, no, something has to have happened has had to have happened and I told them or they were like just saying that like I you know I wasn't taking care of myself and like the same things that they've always said right and I yelled and I said she told me that I have depression and I broke down in front of them and I still remember to my till this day that my dad said you don't have depression you don't have depression and you know, you were just crying, so it, she told you that you have depression, and you don't have depression, and you're not going to take the medicine, and you are perfectly fine, like, you just need to do yoga, you need to eat better, and we'll talk about this later, but you don't have depression, and I was like, wow, like, I literally come to you with a diagnosis of depression, I've had multiple incidents or suicidal ideation at this point and you still think that I don't have depression and like I couldn't really say anything like I also was in denial over it so much I I couldn't expect him to be super accepting of it in the first place as well so at this point I was you know like there was nothing that my parents could do where I could do like I was diagnosed with depression and I was prescribed medicine and I was told to take it further and being the person I am I'm so glad that I decided that I was going to go ahead with um getting a counselor and getting help getting professional help because it just was getting to the point that I no longer could handle it on my own. Like I no longer could mask it behind a smiling face anymore. And I really want to read one of the things I wrote in my journal. And I think this is by far one of the worst days of my life. And... At this point, you know, I've already been diagnosed and everything, and I'm, I started taking medicine, I think it was like two weeks, or a week after, um, sorry, not taking medicine, but go to a counselor like two weeks after I was diagnosed, and, um, they had to, you know, screen me and everything, and they, they were right, like, I did have depression and anxiety, or severe depression and anxiety. While all this was going on, I was also a senior in high school and I needed to graduate. And I think, not I think, but I know that graduation night was one of the worst nights in the history of my life. Like, in all the days, that is the one day that 
broke me into a million pieces and still it hurts my heart to talk about it. But anyways, this, and I, I wrote a little bit on this day because I just couldn't take it and shortly after this, it got extremely worse. So I wrote, this is supposed to be the happiest time of my life, yet it is the worst I have, the worst I have ever felt. I can't take it anymore. Life is so hard, so hard. I struggle every day. And which is true, like I struggled every single day. And the thing about graduation that broke me, there were things that I really wanted, right? And luck, my fate, whatever, I didn't attain those things. And one of the things I really wanted to do was speak up on stage because my grandparents had come from India and I really wanted to make them proud and I was hyping them up that I was going to be speaking because I thought that I was going to be speaking at graduation. Although, for reasons that are unexplained to me, like uh, they just weren't explained to me, of why that was taken away from me. Which is fine. I accepted it. And it was fine, right? But I wanted... I, at this point in my depression, I was really into it, and not into it, but like I was far into depression, and my self worth was at an all time low. Like I was at zero, you know. I was having all these issues with this person, my the person that I had broke up with, and I was having a lot of suicidal ideation. And my parents didn't know I was having suicidal ideation at the time. They didn't think it was that bad. They think I was, you know, I was just struggling or whatever and eventually after I told them that my doctor said that I had to like they came around and realized that I you know I needed to go and they didn't stop me from going but they it wasn't like they believed it as well like they didn't believe it really and I know I remember my mom she actually started doing a pot at this time so that I would get better which I mean you know what what where else do you turn to you turn to faith in order to fix whatever problems are in life, you know? Oh, well, for some people, they turn to faith. Oh, and if you're spiritual, you turn to, you know, your spiritual connections or whatever. But anyways, like, they didn't believe this whole mental health thing at the time, but they were allowing me to go ahead and do so because they saw that I was in such a bad state. But at graduation, I remember sitting there and just waiting for them to call my name. And they were supposed to call my name for being an honor graduate. And I was in the top three. And everyone knew everyone knew me. And, like, my name was supposed to be on that list, right? My name was supposed to be there. Everyone knew me. All the teachers knew me. I was highly involved. It was just confusing to me how my name wasn't on the list. Although I had already received in the mail my honor graduate like certificate that I was an undergraduate so I had the position it wasn't that I didn't have the position it was more like they missed my name and which which to me my theory is that it was intentionally taken out by someone at that school that me that did not get along with me this one specific member or staff that we just did not get along together but we tolerated each other. And I think this person was the person who took my name out of this. And I was sitting there. 
waiting for my name to be called. And they're saying people's names one by one. And people, like, you wouldn't even expect that they were honor graduate. Like, they were saying their names. Which, you know, like, congratulations to you. But I just wanted to stand up. I just wanted to be recognized. And I wanted to feel some sense of self-worth. And I sat there and I waited. And I waited. And all the names were called out. And my name was not. And I sat, I just sat there, and I waited for so long, and no one called my name, and it bugged me, it bugged me so bad, it broke me in pieces, I was, I still think about that day, and that feeling, I still feel it in my heart, I still feel it in my heart, in my whole body, that I, my name wasn't called, and at the end, you know, I tried to keep it together, and although I was, like, fuming, not fuming, really, just even downing myself even more, and I felt unworthy, and I felt, un- I just didn't feel good, and I told my parents, I was like, my name was supposed to be called, like, I don't know why I wasn't called, like, you know, and, like, my parents were like, it's fine, like, they were like, convincing that it was okay, like, everything was okay, right, and I asked one of the per- one of the kindness counselors of like why was my name not called like I was and I got a simple apology it was like oh I'm so sorry like we don't know why that like that's so weird we're so sorry and it wasn't even like she came up to me it was like I came up to her and it was like a nonchalant sorry like okay like you know and maybe they, they didn't know what it meant to me but I at the time needed to feel worthy so bad that because I didn't receive it that day, I almost killed myself that day because I felt so lonely. And that's the thing with depression, like, you just keep going into this dark, dark hole and you just keep going into it even though you are aware that you don't want to go into this hole. You just keep going because you think that that's your ultimate purpose. So I'm aware that that was a little bit of a weird ending, but I'm going to keep it as authentic and raw as possible. And honestly, this podcast episode has been just way too triggering for me and it's been really emotionally draining for me as I've been recording this podcast episode just because it's like I have to relive those memories and relive those moments that I've like suppressed and, you know, they still hurt my heart. Like we reliving those experiences and it hurts my heart to see that I still have that effect from you know from so long ago but anyways I just wanted to say that I know it's a weird ending but I'm going to continue the rest of the story in my next episode originally I just wanted to do two episodes with the mental health series but I'm going to keep it to three now and possibly four we'll see how the third one goes but anyways be on the lookout for that and also I wanted to say that September is National Suicide Prevention Month so I highly urge everyone to you know check on your family members check on your friends and see how they're doing you never know how someone is doing or what they're going through unless you ask so I highly urge you guys to ask and you know just be mindful of people that are going through stuff and 
they can't express it. So just be just be aware of that and also educate yourself more about mental health and what resources are available for you or your friends or your family. And yeah, so that's it, guys. I'll see you guys in my next one. Thank you.